world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. Larry, I'm calling today's podcast, Eyeless in Gaza, taken from the Aldous Huxley uh, story or novel. And of course, that refers to the ancient biblical story about Samson. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm I'm calling this Eyeless in Gaza is because Samson was blinded in Gaza by his Philistine captors. And the story didn't end well. He did kill his captors, but he killed himself as well. Right. I don't have a great feeling about the outcome of this, like all the cheerleaders here in America, that the great Israelis are going to prevail. I'm not so sure this time. The good guys don't always win, Larry. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Middle East on the brink. North Korea on the brink. Iran increasing its aggression. Elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989898. Being a CIA guy, State Department's Office of Counterterrorism, you trained the U.S. military special ops community for 24 years. You know more than I do. Everyone's asking the same question. How did the Israeli intelligence services, of which there are many, including Mossad, the venerable Mossad, how did our CIA, how did British intelligence, French intelligence, etc. How did they all fail to see the sign? This didn't happen in three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, 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 well, you've got Shin Bet, you've got Unit 8200 as well in Israel. But, you know, uh, again, I've, I've read the, the former, some former Israeli intelligence officers saying there is no way that they could have missed this. Okay. And so they're, they're, they're arguing it from the standpoint, I call it the, the Franklin Roosevelt Pearl Harbor meme uh-huh. that Roosevelt knew the Japanese are going to attack and allowed it to take place. I I, I always have trouble with that just so from the I. standpoint because um, I, I don't think Netanyahu is so cold blooded as to allow the murder Thank of you. these like these 260 kids. I mean, that's just. And, and, uh, and Larry, t- correct me if I'm mistaken. Yes, I agree with that analysis of yours. As craven as all politicians are, 
and crazy to begin with. Anyone who wants to be a leader of a country is nuts by definition from this man's point of view. And we know Netanyahu was in trouble. We know this now unifies the country behind him. We know that. Right. But I don't I don't believe a man of his uh, uh, caliber and being a Sabra at that, who was fought for the country so bravely, would ever do right. that to his own people. But right. secondarily, people forget that even within the so-called conservative Netanyahu government, there are large numbers of the other side still operational within his government. They didn't suddenly get all replaced. So there's many left wingers working from. They certainly would have sounded the alarm. What happened, Larry? Yeah. No, no, I think uh, it, b- big bureaucracies and Israeli intelligence is a big bureaucracy, even though it's a small country, uh, make mistakes. They hide information. They don't look at it. They or they start with an assumption. Oh, that's impossible. That could <laughs> never happen. You know, that could never happen. So, I mean, let me give you an example of some one of the that could never happen. That, oh, Israel's going to go into Gaza and just r- r- overrun it quickly. And no, gonna, no, no, no. So what's what's going to happen, I think, would be that Israel's going to get bogged down there. Yep. Then they're going to be involved with a two front war. And then Israel's going to be at risk. And I, you say that and people go, no, 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 that could never happen. It is happening. Well, yeah, my own. I mean, my I mean, own look, you, you've written about Ukraine in great detail about the Russians sucking the Ukrainians into a trap. Right. And the Ukrainians rushing right into the trap. It almost looks to me like Israel ran into a trap in Gaza and and Biden and his geniuses sending the whatever fleet we just sent there. Also right. a sitting duck sitting in the Mediterranean floating. Remember the OSS coal? Yeah, wow. Right. So so what is this carrier group going to do? I don't yeah, know. I mean, the, the media, the media is reporting. Oh, they're sending the carrier group. OK, good. What are they going to do? They've got combat aircraft that can take off, and so they're going to start bombing Palestinians. Is is that the plan? No, that because if they do that, it is going to literally set the Middle East on fire across the board, and the United States embassies, diplomatic personnel, military personnel will be attacked. Well, I over believe, and over. I believe that the first of all, knowing how the Biden people work just watching them as a citizen, everything they do is for show. Right. So they want to show strength that we're backing Israel. So no one thinks that they're not. But there may be a plan for the Israelis to take out the Iranian nuclear reactors, even though they're deeply underground and very difficult, according to what I've read. So maybe they want to back up the Israelis on bombing Iran. That's is that a possibility, Larry? No. I just not a reasonable possibility. Why? I, I Why? used I used to be involved with doing those exercises. Hmm. You know, they're called hardened, deeply buried underground targets. And um, the, the problem Israel has today is being able to fly. Look on a map yeah. over what territory are they going to fly, be allowed to fly and be able to get there, deliver a, a bomb and get out. You have to go over from- Iraq. Yeah. uh, And Iraq's not going to let them. And then on top of that, what they're ignoring is Iran has dramatically upgraded its air defense systems. Mm -hmm. This this is not this is not uh, an Iran of 30 years ago. They they have modern air defense systems that will shoot down so-called stealth aircraft. So uh, what will happen out of that is instead of it being you know the tom cruise movie top gun 2 yeah right uh you you wind up with israeli pilots dead or, or captured and 
how does that advance Israel's national security? It, it puts Israel in a position of saying, okay, we're going to have to go nuclear. I, I mean, that's what, that's, M- M- Larry, that's how quickly this thing can get out of control. Michael. I see it happening, Larry. I'm, I'm kind of an apo- apocalyptic personality to begin with. This is not something that ends well. I mean, I said it the first second I saw it happen. I said I was on Newsmax TV the other day, the first time in four months they had me back. And I said, the good guys don't always win. This mm-hmm. doesn't always end with David dancing victoriously in the street, having defeated the enemy. The opposite could happen. Now they could capture some Israeli soldiers now as they go into Gaza. Right. That's the next possibility. I see these columns of Makava tanks going into Gaza, and I say, it looks like they're moving into another trap. What yeah. is to stop these guys from capturing one of those tanks or blowing up. So that leads us to the Javelin missiles that you have reported and others that U.S. weapons that were sent to uh, Ukraine uh, were diverted and are in the hands of uh, Hamas. Is that is that a possibility? Yeah, yeah, definitely a possibility. Here's what we know for sure. The, the Hamas has its hands on guns that were supplied by the United States. The question is, was, are they the guns that the U.S. supplied to the Palestinian Authority? Oh. Are they the guns that the United States supplied to the Afghan government? Or are they the guns that the United States supplied to Ukraine? Or is it some of all three? You so, raise a so, very interesting point. People don't know that the entire Palestinian apparatus is not one government. Correct. There's the radical Hamas element and others like them. And then there's the Palestinian Authority, which is sort of a legitimate government that works with Israel to prevent such events as these. What are they doing right now? The Palestinian Authority, Larry, they've been they've been as silent as Helen Keller. You know, you know, they're not uh, Mahmoud Abbas has been saying nothing, Mm. uh, which is worrisome. You know, and, and, and the problem here is, you know, I understand the anger that Israelis feel, the emotion, because, you know, those 260 uh, kids that were dancing and partying, to they're, they're not military targets. There, there's nothing that justifies that kind of act. I mean, that is pure terrorism. That said, the reaction now from the Israeli side is we're going to kill them all. Without without distinguishing between combatants and non-combatants, we're going to kill them all. And that, you know, that comes from a, emotion and rage. A disaster. It's understandable. Disaster. But, but, you know, once you cross that line, then it's, you know, you're back into the old Cain and Abel. Who threw, you know, who threw the first punch? No one will remember when we see pictures of dead uh, Palestinian children who right. started it because it's been gone on a long time since Cain and Abel. But. The Palestinian Authority, big question for me, you know, are they trying to intervene and get some of the prisoners back to avert the devastation of Gaza and the destruction of uh, of Palestinians in the West Bank? Because they're not going to lay quietly. Uprisings uprisings will be happening on the West Bank in, 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 in those areas, as sure as I'm sitting here. Well, you know, you and I are old enough to remember the uh, 2006 Israeli, the Second Lebanese War, as it's called. And when Israel went into southern Lebanon at the time, they had one expectation, sort of a low level expectation of Hezbollah capabilities. They got their asses kicked. Yeah. And all of a sudden they found out that Hezbollah had dramatically upgraded its military capability. And what I fear is happening right now 
is Israel's making the same mistake again with Hamas. That they are, they're, they're assuming that Hamas is still a malevolent clown show. You know, but and, Larry, this is the same question that I began with. The same venerable intelligence agencies that were right. blind to the invasion by land, sea, and air are now assuming they could just run all over Hamas in Gaza. The same, the same. Yeah. So, so, you know, Larry, everyone says it was done on purpose. And both of you and I don't believe that could have happened for the yeah. two reasons we mentioned at the outset. One, Netanyahu would never do that to his own women and children. And number two, there are diverse political elements within the Netanyahu government, including far left operatives who never would have let this happen had they even right. seen it coming. So I still right. don't know how they are blinded and eyeless in Gaza. I still. And what about our CIA? Yeah, no, our CIA missed it. Our NSA missed it. How? Or if it, I, I guess they, they were, were doing. Tra- sorry, I know how they were doing trans training <laughs> that day. Yeah, it was it was trans month, and it was over a weekend. You know. The, yeah, I'm sorry, and and right, they were they were doing trans training, and they were worrying about school board meetings and American domestic terrorists. Yeah, I mean, this is. Uh, I, I, there are only two choices here. This is either a massive intelligence failure, right? That, uh, or uh, as we said, that okay, they deliberate. It was allowed to deliberately happen. And, and again, I have trouble believing that. As so do, do you. I. Uh, so, but but it is uh, we're we're in the soup now. What what you're finding? Is, you know, we we sort of had an indication of this in terms of the analysis or lack thereof with respect to the war in Ukraine between Russia and the Ukrainians. Lots of, you know, complete underestimation of of Russian capabilities, overestimation, exaggeration of Ukrainian capabilities. And acting on that has led to just catastrophic losses on the part uh, of the Ukrainians. I mean, we're talking, you, you realize Ukrainians have suffered more killed in action in 19 months than Britain suffered in the entirety of World War II. 450,000, according to your sources. Dead yeah. men. Dead men. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. So that brings us again to Russia. And um, I treated this. Is this a Russian planned? I know you, you probably won't agree with me. Is this a Russian planned Iranian proxy attack on Israel to draw the U.S. into another Middle Eastern war, spreading our military too thin so that Russia can slide into Ukraine and China can slide into Taiwan? Is that is that plausible? It is plausible. It is definitely plausible as from a, you know, if if you're facing if you're facing a nuclear adversary and you've seen that nuclear adversary coming af- after you relentlessly and try and, and basically provoking uh, this war like the war in Ukraine. You mean if you're Russian, see it that yeah, way? Yeah. Yeah. This is your Russian looking out at, at the Americans. Yeah. Then you're going to do everything in your power you can to try to weaken America. Just for your own self-preservation. So you suck the U.S. naval fleets into the Mediterranean. And they have to, again, put down the diversity books for the few hours that they're at sea. Well, you know, if, if nothing else, it's going to force the United States to spend money and send weapons it doesn't have. Well, all the fuel running those ships, even though they're nuclear, there's still a lot of other fuels that are used. Uh, food, et cetera, has to be resupplied to these tens of thousands of people on these ships 
Right. Food supplies have to be flown in on regular non-nuclear aircraft, right? People right. forget that takes fuel, oil. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like Hamas has a Navy. You know, Hamas was using Zodiacs, you know, and basically inflatable rubber rubber speedboats. I have that, one. They're, pre- they're pretty good, by the way. They're nice yeah, they're people. fun. But but <laughs> but, you know, it's not it's not a threat to a cruiser or a destroyer. But, but wait, it, I, I go back to this, the USS Cole when the Iranians use rubber boats to attack the coal and put a hole in it mm-hmm. that almost sank that ship. And well, actually, that was that was ISIS. ISIS put the hole in our ship. Yeah. Yeah, that was ISIS. But that they was were not Iran. Rubber boats, though, right? Well, well it, was, it was a speedboat of some patrol sort. boat. Yeah. So why do we assume that our that our venerable ships are immune to attack by underwater <laughs> drones, for example, in the Mediterranean? Dude, you're an optimist. You're assuming that there's a learning curve. I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm assuming that they went to school in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. The, that they remember that they learned something. Come on. <laughs> Larry, you, you being a veteran, I have to go back to your expertise. And I, I watch your stuff online. I, you know, I go to your Substack and all of that. And But to me, having just having been with the CIA is not enough because there's a right. lot of people who have been with the CIA who still don't know anything. You're not one of those, but you provided training to the U.S. military special ops community for 24 years. Right. Is it possible that on our ships we have special ops groups that are going to be dropped into Gaza to try and save some of our people who have been captured? We have, what, seven, eight reportedly Americans captured by Hamas. I think it's probably a larger number than that. Um, it, it, I, The natural thing, the plans in place would cause for that for JSOC to be alerted and to start the whole planning process of what they call alert deployment orders, issuing a warning order, the units gathering up and figuring out what their mission is going to be, coming up with a plan of action, a course of action, get your rules of engagement, all of that laid out. But the problem is, first, you got to find them and you have to be able to know where they're located. And then you've got to be able to plan. Getting in is easy. Getting out is tough. And, you know, I was I was at State Department when we were looking for the American hostages that Hezbollah was holding in Beirut. Couldn't find and, them. And we didn't know where they were uh-huh. until uh, the, remember when the river was a Terry Weir, when, when he finally was released. And I remember I was in the ops center when that wow. was happening at the state. And Wolf Blitzer calls up and says, hey, we we hear that the CIA had planted a transmitter in his skin and that, uh, you know, that's how he found him. And I go, Wolf, we yeah, we had no idea where he was. We didn't yeah. know where he was until he just came out now. To me, so, Wolf Blitzer is the worst to them. He's an Israeli national originally, <laughs> and he's played both sides against the middle. He makes yeah. me sick. I don't even like to mention that man's name. But getting back to to what you just said, which is so important, Larry. So all the reports in the news, whatever they're worth, and we fog of war and, and the propaganda is that the hostages were taken into tunnels in Gaza, the ammunition right. tunnels. Uh, how do you get in there without getting killed? I mean, how, how does yeah. our special ops go in there? Certainly, if Hamas dug the tunnels, they have shooting galleries built into their tunnels for just right. such an incursion by special ops, correct? Israeli or American? Yeah, no, exactly. I, I mean, there's there's ways to assault and get into a tunnel, but, you know, the high high risk of getting killed. I mean, initially, you're going to throw in, say, flashbangs, 
uh, or or maybe even a hand grenade of sort and smoke smoke grenades so you can uh, at least cover your your appearance coming in that they're not going to see you. How do you get out? But but then once you recover the hostages, then you know where's a where's a helicopter going to land because the likelihood is that whole area is going to be hot with uh, other you know bad guys shooting back at you. So that. As a civilian, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't suspect that any special forces are going to be able to rescue any of the civilians in a tunnel. From an amateur point of view, if I were an outside advisor who's pretty calculating in his own life, maybe not militarily, there's only one way to solve the hostage problem. And we know what that is. The reason they took so many is they want all their men out of jails in Israel. Right. So the way to do it is you give them all the men, all the terrorists, and you get all the hostages out. And then you turn Gaza into glass, first telling the civilians that we're going to level Gaza. You better leave and go to Egypt because you're not there's not going to be anything here tomorrow. But you cannot do it militarily. You cannot get those children, women, Americans, old women out of there. You know, the worst picture I saw was of the young, beautiful woman. And I hate to be graphic, but I couldn't sleep all night who had been captured by those subhumans. And she had blood all over the back of her pants as they ripped her out of the Jeep. And I said, am I seeing what I'm seeing, what they did to this girl? They raped her, obviously. They gang raped her. She was bleeding. Yeah. How could anyone not see this and understand the different levels of civilization here or civilization and a non-civilization? But that's irrelevant. It doesn't really matter what we think of them. They don't care what we think of them, do they, Larry? No, well, and it's not, you know, the to justify try to justify dehumanization like that of any time i mean it's it's ridiculous it's just that that is a savagery that uh should be tolerated the concern i have michael is i think people a lot of americans are under they they are ignorant of the size of the gaza strip and that's why i wrote that article comparing it to iwo jima yeah yeah you wrote that israel's retaliation will likely result in israel's iwo jima and yeah. you noted that, quote, if Hamas replicates the tactics Hezbollah employed against Israel in 06 into southern Lebanon, then Israel's chance of prevailing quickly or slim. This could be devastating for Israel. So, of course, that's a self-descriptive statement. How should Israel retaliate, Larry? If you were advising them, what would you suggest they do? Uh, I would suggest, for starters, they, they, they've got to turn the heat down initially. Wow. And they've got to go. They've got to go for start to try to pursue a negotiated into this with because you want to have Egypt on your side. Because if, if Israel doesn't have Egypt on its side, God then forbid. Egypt is wide open to resupply Hamas, uh, the Hamas fighters, keep them going for months, years, because they got these underground tunnels. So, yeah, you can wipe out every structure above ground. And then just like this, just like the Nazis learned in Stalingrad, they yeah, they knocked down all the buildings and all of a sudden they created defensive positions that the Russians used to defeat them. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, my, my old boss at State Department was a retired Marine colonel. And he had a saying, he says, if it feels really good, it's probably wrong. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, and, no, and, and, and I have and a so, doctor friend who told me that. How did he put it? He was the greatest doctor. Old Bob Cathcart he used to say uh, that which we are addicted to in foods are exactly what we are allergic to. Yeah. Well, well, I, I'm just I, I think I, I fully understand the 
outrage of the Israeli public and Jewish people around the world with what has happened. I mean, it's sickening. It's it's horrific. There was no, I, there, you know, it's one thing. It'd be one thing if Hamas showed up and was shooting Israeli soldiers. Okay. At least Israeli soldiers, they got guns or were in uniform. They knew that, you know, it, 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 that's, let's call it, that's an appropriate target. Got it. W- women and children and grandmothers. No. You see Under, those poor old Jewish grandmothers? I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just and that and, and what what I'm afraid of is the outrage that comes from that is going to lead to emotional decisions instead of rational military decisions. And it's more like throwing wild punches as opposed to, uh, you know, getting getting a targeted hit. And it's out of that kind of emotion that things can just spin up out of control and, and go in directions. More Jews, I, were, more Jews were killed in this coordinated attack than since uh, the Holocaust by Nazi Germany. Okay. Yeah, well, in one in one attack. Yeah, because remember again, I, the, again, I have to keep going back to my first question, and there's no answer for it, which is how in the world did their intelligence services? our intelligence services, the venerable United Kingdom intelligence services, France's, Germany's, yeah, the EU, yeah. NATO. How did they not pick this up? What were they all obsessed? What were they doing? Well, oh, they're, they're worrying about how they're going to beat Russia. I, I mean, that's, yeah, that was just complete. The Russia, China, that's where they're focused. And in fact, people were they're commenting that, oh, boy, this is, we've got the best chance for peace now in the Middle East ever. Up until a few months ago, oh, but that you was saw that Saudi Arabia has now said, "Hey, as far as normalizing relations with Israel, nah." And and, and see this, if if Hamas, you know, Hamas has committed a terrible outrage. But have you seen the images of uh, some of the Hamas fighters that Israel has captured? What they're doing to them? No, they're, they're stri- stripping them naked. Tying their hands, hog tying them, hands behind the back, feet tied, laying face down naked. Yeah, yeah well, they're also de- humiliating them and dehumanizing them. Yeah, and so that image spreads, and so then then it becomes everybody just well, you know, you like like two kids, you hit me last, and then it just <sighs> without, you know, it's just it's going to lead to a level of violence that as as in all these wars it's it's not the people who deserve to die that die savage the savage nation it's savage uncut unfiltered and raw larry this just came out 33 minutes ago 33 minutes ago netanyahu denies reports that he received warnings from egyptian intelligence he's saying totally fake news Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu denied reports he received warnings from uh, Egyptian sources. Um, I lost the article. It just jumped out of my hand. Uh, Received warnings from Egyptian intelligence officials warning something big was coming. And PM Netanyahu's office said the report defective PM Netanyahu received a message in advance from Egypt is absolutely false. No message has arrived from Egypt and the PM has neither spoken nor met with the head of Egyptian intelligence since the formation of the government, neither directly nor indirectly. Totally fake news. Again, who knows what to believe? Right. right. Who knows what to believe? Well, either either they were warned or they're stupid. I, you know, it's just. And how about uh, Biden? 
Second day in a row, no press conference because it's Columbus Day, the very same <laughs> holiday they spit on yesterday because it was Italian <laughs> in heritage. Now, right. now, now Biden respects Christopher Columbus. That's a new story. Yeah. The Native yeah. Americans might go crazy over that one. Yeah, it is. Uh, these kinds of threats emerging at a time when you don't have any kind of competent leadership, at least in, in the United States. Uh, you can make that argument as well in Great Britain. Um, Netanyahu is competent, but, uh, you know, he's been, uh, I understand the politics of some of the intemperate things he said, but when, when you talk about, you know, again, you're going to exterminate all Palestinians. That That's the message that's coming across. Well, the, all that's going to do is fire up Algerians, Yemenis, mm. Syrians, Iraqis, yeah, Iranians, we can't, we can't Saudi. I mean, what, why do that? Why pour that kind of gas on that kind of flight? <laughs> you know, I was in Ashkelon many years ago. And again, I keep coming back to my main theme, Eilis and Gaza. So that's where Samson was allegedly blinded by the Philistines. It was Ashkelon in a great mm -hmm. amphitheater at the time, a Roman amphitheater at that. I'll never forget that movie when I was a little boy called Samson and Delilah with Victor Mature. You know, I'm older mm -hmm. than you. It like yeah. seared in my mind this great, powerful Samson captured by these Philistines who blind him with hot coals. And then they throw nets over him and they have dwarves poking him and tormenting him with with the spears. And then he, you know, puts his arms in a temple and brings the whole temple down. But of course, he dies in that. That to me is almost frighteningly what's liable to happen here. The Jewish state's liable to kill itself trying to destroy Hamas. That's not no. an impossible possibility. No, no, I, I think I think you definitely have that has to be taken into consideration. And the you know, there's no guarantee that use of military force will turn out the way you want, just as we saw in our 2003 invasion of Iraq. Mission accomplished. <laughs> and then there we were 17 years later trying to figure out, you know, how to get out of there or Afghanistan. Larry, the Iron Dome system, let's talk about it for a minute, if you don't mind. It seems to have failed. So I read in one place they were just overwhelmed by the sheer number of rockets. Right, right. Then I read again on social media, which I'm on all the time because some of it's but some of it. There's some really intelligent people who are on there. We never know who they are, and they make sense. Someone said, actually, there was an article published yesterday that amongst the weapons that were left behind in Afghanistan were encrypted phones, U.S. military encrypted phones that were captured by the Afghanis, immediately right. sent to their Palestinian cohorts, who immediately de-encrypted de the phones and learned how to deactivate our Iron Dome system. Is that a possibility? I don't know. Okay. Fair uh, I, I, don't, I don't know either. I mean, I, I have no idea. Uh, I think the the Israelis have a better air defense system than the Patriot. That's true, but that's not saying much. You know, the Patriot the Patriot missile system is really a boondoggle. You know, remember all the hoopla that surrounded it when it was deployed first to Ukraine? Yes. Game changer. Yes. <laughs> Haven't heard anything about it, have you? You know, disappeared from the news. What, what does Larry the, the the Patriot? Yeah, yeah. Where uh, are the Patriot batteries? Well, they, they've been they've been blown up by the Russians <laughs> because they were not capable of stopping the Russian missiles. So, 
Uh, what in the past, you know, the the Iron Dome would work against, uh, you know, the kinds of rockets that Hamas and Hezbollah were firing were not terribly sophisticated. It sounds like yeah, I saw at least one picture, and I, I didn't confirm it, but it looks like uh, the ha- Hamas got its hands on a multiple w- rocket launching system. It's on MLRS, and it's you know that's firing significant r- r- rockets that are you know require a sophisticated system to bring them down and it looks like that's what may have overwhelmed uh the iron dome the uh, wall street journal larry reported that iran gave the green light for this operation in august do you think biden's prisoner swap deal did play a role in this attack i i mean i do it showed weakness you know, the, the only thing the, the only thing that troubles me in the back of my mind is is uh the the relationship between Iran and Hamas has not been a strong one over the years. Why the Shia, the Shia Sunni thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if you told me that that was Iran Hezbollah, I'd say yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That because they've got that relationship, they've they've had a long standing relationship, but not Hamas. And it's it's almost like, uh, but. Iran has been quite vocal and sane, you know, out in public. They, yeah, you know, we're all on board and we're backing them. So uh, they very well may have, um, you, you know, this this thing with Iran. It goes, you know, it goes back, uh, it goes back sixty eight years, uh, with you know, starting with the overthrow and installation of the Shah when they put the Shah in and throughout the, you know, the the lefty president at the time, and then you know. The, the the Iranian uh, who started blaming the United States for the Shah and they get rid of him and then the Islamic Republic. You know, so we, we keep going back. There's you can't find that one point where it said, boy, if we could only have fixed that, that none of this would have happened. But Iran, you know, Iran feels like it's been under assault by the West and anything it can do to make the West life miserable. It can. It goes back to the point you made. Are they. Was this part of a, a broader Russian intelligence operation to you know further destabilize the United States, suck it into a trap, possible. spread its resources? Possible. Yeah, possible. yeah, I think it's definitely possible. Possible, certainly. And, and knowing Putin and his strategies that we've all seen, uh, KGB strategies, chess strategies, we aren't playing checkers. He's playing fourth dimensional chess with the idiots that run our country. Uh, I wouldn't doubt any of that. Uh, <laughs> Are there Hamas operatives here in America as a former probably. intelligence yeah, officer? Probably. We have, we have to assume yes. Yeah, yeah, probably. We've all seen TV shows like Homeland where they look like just ordinary butchers, bakers and candlestick makers, but they're actually do- totally connected to terrorist operatives, right? Right. But you've got to wonder if, uh, you know, so if you're going to put a Hamas operative here in this country uh, to have them carry out a terrorist attack, that is only going to enrage the United States, wake it up and force it. Because look at what happened in the aftermath of 9-11. 9-11 was not good for al-Qaeda. What, what it, up to that point, despite, as you pointed out, the atta- al-Qaeda's attack on the USS Cole, and before that, al-Qaeda's attack on the embassies in, in Kenya and Tanzania, and al-Qaeda's role in pl- trying to blow up five jumbo jets in Project Bojinka, and then going back to the first attack on the World Trade Center, even with all those, the United States was not doing anything active, aggressively to go after Al-Qaeda and bin Laden. 
It was only after 9-11, the World Trade Center, that all the, you know, the switch was thrown and we went full bore. And ultimately, Bin Laden winds up dead. So I don't, you know, it would be a counterproductive, stupid strategy, but Hamas has been known to known to do counterproductive, stupid things in the past. Savage. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. Since we're just speculating here and we're not involved with any of the planning, obviously, we're just two men talking about it for the many people who will be listening to us who are appreciating our analysis because they don't have anyone to talk to on our level because we're so smart. Larry, that's a joke. That's a laugh line. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have another guest on that I can't see? <laughs> so having said what you just said, one could argue that the only way to galvanize American support behind Israel 100% would be to provoke a false flag attack right. here in America right. and right. say Hamas did it. Right. No, exactly right. That is, you got to take that into account as well. You can't, you can't ignore that as a possibility. So we have Hamas, Hezbollah operatives here in the US, certainly sympathizers. We saw them in Manhattan yesterday. Yeah. yeah. They were yeah. there yesterday holding up Nazi swastikas on their iPhones. And yeah. at Harvard, Harvard <laughs> has become a hotbed of, 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 of uh, radical Islam. Yeah. So has is. Russia seized this crisis to advance into Ukraine? You wrote that yesterday. Didn't you actually? I think yeah. you, you mentioned it yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That, well, they're, they're accelerating. Uh, while the world is distracted with all of this uh, up in the northern part of the Donbass, Russia is making you know significant strides, capturing village after village, pushing the Ukrainians back. They, uh, they've got a large number of Ukrainian troops trapped uh, with their backs up against the Oskol River. So, you know, this uh, we're, we're watching the Ukrainian military being dismantled and nobody's paying attention to it. Well, Zelensky gave a speech yesterday that offended me. What are he piping in and shooting his mouth off again? What, he's worried that some of the money will be diverted to Israel instead of to him? Well, it absolutely is going to be diverted to Israel. What weapons can we be sending to Israel when apparently our weapons supplies are depleted? Well, that's that's the point. Because remember, we went to Israel to get some of the 155 millimeter shells from them. We went to them to get them for who? For Ukraine? Yeah, yeah. We had to ask it. Did, and did that Israel, eight months ago, eight months ago. And I understand by what I read again, that the 155 millimeter artillery shells that we were out of because Zelensky used them all that we sent. Britain had no more to make. They couldn't even make them. So right. Israel had a huge stockpile. And what we asked Israel to give up half of them to Ukraine or all of them? I think half. Half. So, so they're they're down. They're going to want that. They're wanting some. Uh, they want to have some Patriot missiles. You know, the the missiles that are fired out of the Patriot battery can be fired out of Iron Dome too. So they want to get those. But it's but it's not like you know we're not like a Costco warehouse where everything <laughs> is in ample supply. Uh, it's it's empty. It's, it's Mother Hubbard's cupboard. Well, ask Jeff Bezos. He could probably ship it by UPS and have it by a truck. I never saw anything like it. I ran out of toner printed the other night. I had it here in the morning. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. If, if Bezos was running the Defense Department, we wouldn't be out of ammunition. Yeah, no, very true. So, you know, I want to go to your I know you're busy and you're a man of the hour because you know more than all of us put together. 
I want to go to your article, Will the Battle of Gaza Strip the Israel's Iwo Jima? And I'd like to conclude with your analysis and have you, uh, you know, add to it. So short of using nukes, you write, Israel will have to send its ground forces into the strip and fight house to house battles. And you said, I think many of Israel's supporters labor under the delusions that Gaza is a small area that can be easily dealt with. It is not. And you say the Gaza Strip is 141 square miles in size. And then you compare it to Iwo Jima. That island is nine square miles. So how island was nine square miles. Gaza is 141 square miles. Right. So it's not really like Iwo Jima. It's, it's bigger than Iwo Jima. Oh, a lot bigger. But the principle of having you've got a confined area. But okay. this one is a much larger confined area. And Hamas has had time, like the Japanese did on Iwo oh. Jima, ah. to dig t- dig tunnels, dig defensive positions, put emplacements in. And you look at how much trouble the U.S. Marines had in trying to get them out of all those holes and trying to battle their way across. They used flamethrowers in the end. Yeah. And that's why I also alluded to, you know, the Battle of Fallujah or the Battle of Way City. Or, you know, l- look what... Look what the, the, the Jewish youth did in Warsaw, the Warsaw Ghetto, and their uprising against the Nazis. They, they weren't even well armed. They were poorly armed. They only had a few weapons, but they, they were smart. And they fought the German army to a standstill for over a month. Now, With captured weapons and, and Molotov yeah. cocktails, correct? Yeah. yeah. So you could just so, imagine what, what you're saying. You just imagine what the Arabs could do yeah. given their advanced uh, weaponry. And they're training. I mean, they're not just yeah. Jewish kids who are hiding in a tunnel. Yeah, because uh, because the, the you know the, the the Jews who had been placed in that ghetto, uh, they they were not you know coming off of military training, and they were not you know they had to pick it up. But they were very smart and they were very creative and innovative. Well, and, here you write about Hamas and 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 Gaza, and I have to read what you wrote, Larry. Just as the United States Navy decimated the surface of Iwo Jima. Israel can flatten the dwellings and office buildings crowded into Gaza, which is what they're doing now. Right. After telling civilians to leave. But you then add, but the U.S. Navy failed to destroy the Japanese force hiding below the surface with its naval fusillade. And the U.S. Marine Corps had to land on the beaches of Iwo Jima and fight hand to hand combat for several months to clear the island. So the Battle of Iwo Jima and the Battle of Gaza uh, can, this one can go on for a very long time with massive casualties on both sides, right? Right, right. I mean, that, a lot of Palestinians are going to die. and But Israel Israel does not have a high, what I call a high pain threshold. Nope. They, they do not want to lose people. No. Nope. And, and that's, that's a good thing. Remember, during the, during the uh, Yom Kippur War in 73, Israel lost upwards, I think, around 2,800 killed in action. And that was, you know, that was a grievous wound then. Israel's larger today than it was back then, but not a whole lot. And so just already having lost the, you know, I think the number of deads over 900 now. That's, that means you know, that's over, like. Well, that's what they're reporting. So double it. I would say double whatever they're reporting. Yeah. So let's say, let's say if it is double, that's almost the size of what they lost in the Yom Kippur War in seven days. And we're only at day three in this. Well, look, we can't predict with any certain degree of certainty what's going to happen. But both of us 
are not optimistic about Israel. But again, I want to I'd like to close with America, America, America right now. Yeah, because yeah. most of my listeners care, although they may care a slight amount about Israel. They're burned out with Ukraine. They don't want another foreign problem. We have problems here on our southern border with millions coming over the border. How many of them are are, are terrorists, uh, et cetera? And I would be, you know, I would be <laughs> I, I would not be doing my job if I didn't add this footnote, which I have to add. When Trump was president, there was peace on Earth. Yeah, not a solid peace. But the Abraham Accord should never be forgotten. I know one of the individuals who wrote the papers. He worked with uh, uh, Trump's son-in-law. They're great people. And they brought peace between Arabs and Jews for the first time in history. And what did the left do in this country? They spit on Trump. They spit on the Abraham Accords. They did everything they could to destroy that peace. Right. And so when this first happened, what I initially tweeted was that the reason Israel was caught off guard to a great extent is that they had been destabilized as a result of the relentless attacks on Netanyahu's conservative government. It was fundamentally a civil war going on in Israel without actual killing. Right. They were divided. In fact, so divided that the leftists so divided Netanyahu since he returned to power that there were Israeli soldiers who said they would not fight if judicial reforms went through. So if I read that, Hamas read that, Iran read that. So they figured that Israel's weaker now than it's ever going to be. The country's divided. A house divided cannot stand. It sounds like America. Yeah. Doesn't it, Larry? Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking about this because on Friday I was back in my old hometown, Independence, Missouri. I went to middle school across the street from Harry Truman. I almost said one of the greats. And we went to the Truman Library. And so in the Truman Library, they have a room devoted to the foundation of the state of Israel. It wouldn't have happened without Harry Truman and Eddie Jacobson, his uh, uh, friend from World War Two, World hmm. War One. Wow. And and so, the, you know, the, the emergence of the state of Israel out of out of the ashes of the Holocaust was, you know, was a pivotal moment in history and one of, you know, I think one of the uh, great accomplishments of Truman. Absolutely. But here we are. Here we are now uh, looking at the possibility of the very existence of Israel being threatened and doing it to itself. Doing it to itself. A house divided cannot stand. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Speaking of Harry Truman, one of my family's heroes, by the way, my wife reminded me, she's a history buff, that the Japanese, when they saw Truman took office after FDR died, they said, we're going to lose the war because his name is True Man. <laughs> They're very into symbolism. <laughs> oh, very, very funny. Not True Trans. Yeah, <laughs> True Man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Larry, you know, we have to have a gallows sense of humor, don't we? I mean, I, I can still have a chuckle here and again. Yeah. This just came out minutes ago. Israel has mobilized 300,000 reservists in the past 48 hours. Uh, and they, they have, did you did you see some of the reports from Ben-Gurion Airport that there were a lot of young guys lined up at the airport trying to get out of the country? 
get out. Yeah, uh-huh. get out. I thought they were flying them back in from around the world, but from guys who wanted to come back to fight. Well, I'm sure there are some of those too, but there there were some who were trying to get out. So. Well, there's a Burning Man festival going on somewhere. <laughs> they can't they can't have another Burning Man in the in the in, in the desert. It's too yeah. dangerous. So they can pack up their they can ship themselves the uh, the medications that they take, the drug, sex, and rock and roll, and party on. Israel's yeah. not the Israel of Golda Meir. There's no Moshe Diane. It's not the nation that people think. It's not that they're going to stand up. I don't know. I, I have to go back, Larry. It's an interview with you. But I began it by calling it Eilis in Gaza. How was Israel blinded to the Hamas attack? We still don't know. There's no answer right. to this. It, it makes no, it defies logic. There's no explanation. Yeah. All the world's intelligence services don't see the mobilization of air, sea, and land, whether it's a paraglider or a rubber boat, all of the spy satellites don't pick up this stuff going on and they don't pick up the chatter. How? How is it possible? Well, yeah, you know, one of the one other possible explanation is the intelligence collection process is so bureaucratic. Oh, give me, give me an example. Like Pearl Harbor, so, that they claim they try to send it and no one received it. Well, you remember, so when the Israeli embassy in Buenos Aires was attacked in 92. Yes. Okay, so I led uh, an interagency team down to that region afterwards to look in the issue of aviation wow. security. Wow. So having worked in the directorate of operations, I knew what the, that they should, they had a collection, they should have a collection plan. Now, the CIA chief of station works off of that collection plan and they get evaluated. So the, the collection plan identifies the targets, the things you're supposed to be looking at. We, we were seeing some raw intelligence come out from liaison reports indicating that this was uh, had a Hezbollah role in this attack. So I'm, in, I'm at the embassy in Buenos Aires and I asked the uh, chief of station, a guy named Bill. I say, hey, Bill, where is Hezbollah on your collection plan? <laughs> and he goes, it's not on it. And I said, so you're not collecting? He goes, no. So even though the embassy had been attacked, even though it had been, you know, there were casualties, the CIA was not collecting on it. So if you're not collecting on it, you're not looking at it. Good God. There's no, there's no material reward to look at it and to get, uh, get paid. So oh that's one explanation for how this could have happened. It didn't filter down. Yeah. Who, who could have thought that Hamas was doing paragliding? And training in paragliders to carry out attacks. Well, maybe they were just practicing. It looked like they were having fun on the Mediterranean. Yeah. Off Gaza, maybe, right? Yeah. yeah, maybe they figured it was a small business enterprise for to attract tourists. <laughs> or they got the wrong word. They said they attract. They thought they said tourists, but it was actually terrorists. But, you know. CEO and founder of Berg Associates. Are you still running that company? Yeah, I mean, it's just a really small, it's now just me with a retired partner who does some work occasionally, too. So I spend most of my time writing the blog and doing firearms training. Firearms training? Yeah. Small arms? Both, I, both a, a rifle and pistol. <laughs> I actually I actually had, it was funny, uh, uh, four weeks ago, I had a student who needed to take the basic rifle course. He wanted the NRA certification. And... Uh, I asked him his skill level. He saw him in intermediate. Well, I got him into the class, found out he was a former Navy corpsman who had been a Marine trained sniper. 
<laughs> Typical understated hero, huh? Yeah. And he was great. But at the end of the class, he said, hey, this was this is terrific. I learned some things. So I, I felt good. Well, I, I have to qualify from here in California for my uh, license every two years. As I, oh, get okay. old, as I get older, I keep saying, do I really want to do this in two more years? So recently I had to go out to the range. And it was interesting is how my mind focused when I was on that range with like maybe five guys on each of my sides. And it's an open range, by the uh-huh. way. Here. Yeah. It's outdoors. It was kind of raining that day. It didn't feel that good. But when they said, okay, aim and fire at the first, it was 15 yards, then 10 yards, then five yards for right. the handgun, something like that. I could not believe how my mind was able to lock out. I couldn't even see the guys to my right and left. I didn't see them. Yeah. I only saw the weapon and the target. My yeah. mind literally locked only on those two things. I could hardly hear them. It's funny how the mind will, will help you when you, right? It's called auditory exclusion. Larry, you, where do you teach uh, this firearms course? Uh, there, there are two, two or three ranges in the, in the Bradenton Lakewood Ranch area. Where? What so, state? Uh, Florida. Oh, but you're in northern Florida? Yeah, I'm just I'm south of Tampa, about 35 miles. Beautiful area. Yeah. So, Well, Larry, I've any got- final thoughts on this uh, horrible situation that we're discussing right now because by the time this is published tomorrow it'll be a different world again yeah and just you know the people believe in prayer now is the time to pray pray for peace because this can go ugly in so many different directions and uh, it is dangerous can get out of control larry thanks again for your time i love to look at your work it's uh it's important for people to know that they can see you on your Substack. Is that the best place to find that, you? That or uh, Sonar21.com, my website. Right. Sonar21. I was on that the other day. Didn't you get hacked last week? Yeah, yeah. I had a, we had an issue with the host. I'm in the process of having to move to a new service. What do you mean? They cl- closed you down? No, it was oh. uh, they run into some financial issues themselves and they can't keep up the business i know how that works sonar21.com a son of the new american revolution uh it's incredible it's a great site by the way and your latest articles are russia's counteroffensive and the donbass front is accelerating um the you this was a good one the roof of the ukrainian armed forces is leaking everything in general it's astounding you talked about the rear guard i mean how you have to supply an army you can't just you know, it's, it can't just right. sit there. You also wrote, hope ain't the plan. No battle plan ever survives contact with the enemy. I think that goes directly to Israel's uh, uh, incursion into Gaza, right? That's the yes, one. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, well, uh, let's hope after Columbus Day, after um, Joe Biden gets through celebrating by eating Italian food for the Columbus Day holiday because he can't be given a speech right now. He's busy planning a Columbus Day uh, barbecue that he comes out and says something. What could he say, Larry? Truthfully, I don't know what to say. <laughs> what he'll say is that he's actually secretly Italian, has been all these years. What am I thinking? <laughs> what am I thinking? It's really Joe Bidino. Yeah, Joe Bidino. <laughs> Larry, keep on laughing in this crazy world. You're one of the greats. I really appreciate having you on my Michael Savage podcast. Thanks again. And 
Thanks, Mike. I'm always keep, honored to be a part of it. Keep the faith, Larry. That's all we got left. Yes, sir. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you, my friend. Thanks. Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.